Today's show is brought to you by the University of Windsor's Alumni Association. Show us how you are Windsor proud by visiting the Alumni Association's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Share your U Windsor memory or post a photo from your time on campus. For more information, visit uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni. So I'm glad you guys had a good day. Uh, I'm sure, Thomas, you're a little tired from putting the Christmas lights up, but hopefully we won't take too long. <laughs> yeah. um, so how have you guys been? What have you guys been up to the last couple weeks, keeping busy or? Yep, I still work out of the home, so that's an easy gig for me. I'm probably the most uh, COVID vigilant of the whole family, spending uh, less time away than our traveling Mandarin kids. And of course, my wife works out of the home. She's a nurse. Nice. Oh, my mom's a nurse too. With the uh, with the reopening of St. Dennis, I'm out of the house three times a week for that. And then as a team, we're still doing our physical training at ETS Windsor. And I'm also actually working at ETS Windsor, so I'm there actually every night of the week at ETS. Every day, I'm there at least once. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds like you guys have been keeping busy. That's for sure. Well, what have you guys been up to during the pandemic? Has there been anything in particular that's been, uh, you know, that you guys have been able to do that perhaps you may have not have been able to do with your hectic lives before? Um, me and my dad are the two golfers in our family. Mm -hmm. So in a regular <laughs> year, nice. we golf, we golf once a week. This year, we probably golf twice a week. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. And, uh, we're still looking for a couple more outings this year because we like to say that we can golf 10 months out of the year in southern tip of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I feel sure. like it's I feel like it's been like 12 months of the year this year. Like everyone's yeah, still yeah. going out. I That's was not out of the out. question. We're hoping for one event in December. <laughs> we'll take January, February off and get out there at the end of March. Yeah, who knows? You might get a little Christmas Day golf in. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, um, Thomas, can you give us some insight, I guess, as to what your team and the coaching staff on the men's basketball team have been doing to keep you guys active and connected over the summer and since COVID happened? Throughout COVID, actually, the big thing that we did to stay connected was we had weekly calls, actually two times a week calls, one of which was always with our coaching staff. And Coach Chang was very good in organizing our guest speakers to come on, who I some pretty high level guest speaker. We had like three NBA players on um, at a high level, like VP NBA, uh, in the NBA. And just to talk to us about different things, um, the process of like what they went through, especially with the players. And then with any VPs or head office guys, it was more so like what they look for to bring talent to the next level. Um, so that was really good for us to be connected. And then the other thing for us to stay physically connected was on Thursdays throughout the entire pandemic, we had 6 a.m. workouts with our uh, trainer, Jimmy Mack, on Zoom, Zoom workouts. So everyone had to connect through that. It was funny to see the guys. Most of us would have to work outside because like none of us really have the space indoors to work out indoors. And so 6 a.m. was up, Zoom, laptops outside and whatnot. So that was really nice. And now moving into where we have a little bit less restrictions. We've, as I said, we will get back on court. And our main focus is like skill work, skill work, skill work, especially because usually in the off season, which we like to refer to as the preparation season, because it's not really taking time off, um, you only have four months. So now having essentially 16 months, because we had our four months plus we have another full year, um, we're taking as a chance to like 
take an even further step back than you would in the regular preparation season um, and rebuild our body. Uh, for some guys, rebuild, rebuild parts of the games. Um, so, for example, for me, I'm really looking at my shot a lot, trying to improve that. And then everyone's taking a step back and re-looking at our bodies because we have 60 months to kind of rebuild physically. Yeah, that's great. Especially it helps you uh, when you have to be prepping now for next season, uh, for winter. So do you feel like that's going to be something that you guys continue to do all through next year? Yeah, ever since uh, Coach Chang has come, we have implemented uh, more weight room training, which in my first year we had none of. I can't even say we had little of. We had none organized weight training and then the jump yeah everything was as my dad just said like, on our own like it's nothing organized nothing like you have to be at a certain time it was all optional um but the implementation of weight training was like big for me especially um my dad just said the other day when he was sending you guys pictures he said he put like the side by side of my first year and second year together he's like the different body and i know that happened for everybody and it was definitely huge for us on court as you go into the OUA being such a long season and where we want to get being such a long season, it's huge to have weight training back in. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously both of you guys have a um, strong passion for basketball. And of course your whole family played at one point at a high level. So can you give us some insight in regard to the role of basketball and how it's played a relationship uh, with you uh, together, one another? Yeah, well, my wife and I were uh, pretty adamant when the kids were young that we wanted them to be well-rounded and have full choices. So we let them play any sport as long as it was basketball. So that is, that yeah. is his favorite line. But, and to be honest, I've used it in every interview I've ever had. I always say, my dad wait, let me play any sport as long as it was basketball. I, like, I always say it. It's true. I could check it off the list. We're it's good. True. We <laughs> See, there so, you go. For Christmas, you just got to get a T-shirt with that on it for him. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Choose any sport you like as long as it's basketball. And uh, <laughs> they did play all sports. Tommy played football and, and basketball and went to track, uh, switched over to volleyball. So he was doing all of those. Uh, Shannon did the same thing. She did track. She did volleyball. James migrated to, to volleyball after his, uh, his time with, uh, with basketball. He played travel ball right up to grade eight and is, was playing for actually the travel volleyball and the travel basketball. And my wife said, look, we can't be in two places at once. You have to choose. And he decided but they don't run so much over there. So he, he switched over to volleyball and has loved it. He still plays today and, and loves that. Uh, we even, the, the kids played hockey, but it was in our backyard. But predominantly, and I was coaching at the time, and then uh, got involved with the small ball program at Riverside Basketball. That matriculated into the teams, and I uh, was coaching at the Valiants, and that's where Shannon obviously engaged with her career. So it was, it was very prominent. It was the foundation uh, of the sports within the house. And then as each of the kids, I mentioned James's choice, as each of the kids got a little more mature, got a little older, uh, they had to make a choice, and uh, they, they, we kid about it, but it was their choice. Likewise with James, he chose volleyball, and Shannon and Tommy uh, focused and chose the, uh, the basketball. So it was very prominent. My wife played when she, she's born and bred from Ireland, and uh, she, she always loved the sport, always followed the sport, still does. So it was the foundation in terms of the sport environment. That's awesome, and. 
did your uh, did your wife play netball or basketball? My mom was well, from Scotland. It's funny so you, was... you mentioned that, and that's well picked up, Gay. That uh, they um, they did play netball, but and that was at school. And then she played with, with the clubs, and the, the club ball was proper basketball. So yes, her start was in European uh, schoolyard netball. <laughs> Love it. My reasoning on why like we've been as a family so um heavily like, immersed into the basketball community in windsor uh is be he will be modest and not mention it um like he's been coaching for 30 years and the majority of that time has been with the riverside falcons as he said in the windsor valiants so when we were younger our access to a gym was like very very easy to get which was like huge so if after dinner we love the sport obviously because mm. our dad loved the sport our mom loved the sport so if after dinner we said, oh, we want to go shoot, it wasn't go shoot in the backyard. It was, okay, let's go to this gym. I have gym time somewhere, which was huge because then you get like the actual environment of working out at a young age. You start to love being in a gym. Um, and I would think that would be the biggest contributor for me in terms of, you know, just playing and playing at more of an elite level than just being in the backyard at a young age. Yeah, Absolutely. For sure. You guys had a lot of access to that St. Joe's gym, which I recall seeing both of you there. And uh, of course, James, you, know, you made mention of a uh, legendary volleyball player himself uh, that I've crossed paths with. So um, yeah, that's wonderful that you had a lot of different um, ways to be able to uh, refine your craft and whatnot, especially in that environment. So that's terrific. And it's helped bringing you guys closer together, I'm sure, as a family. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So um, I'm just wondering as well, uh, James, now that Thomas is kind of the one that's playing on the court, how are you adjusting to your role, especially on game days as like the spectator or the coach from the sidelines rather than a player? Do you get just as nervous uh, when you're watching his games as you used to um, before your games? Well, I'm still engaged in terms of uh, the games uh, because I do the announcing uh, for, for Coach Co and I've worked with the uh, internet call for OUA sports. So that that really keeps me going there as well. Tommy made a choice in his uh, last year of high school to leave St. Joe's and play at a prep school at Regina Monday, where he played for the Southwest Academy. And that one allowed me to kind of take a, a little bit of a back seat, but I was um, I was blessed or lucky enough, I was asked to join the staff there as well. And I think that was a bit of, look, He's going to coach from that side of the floor, or we could benefit him from coaching from this side of the floor. So that, that was okay. And, I, and we did that with Tom's permission. Um, but then you asked about the university side. So one, having the outlet of announcing the games and being engaged that way, that has helped me. Uh, but there are still times where my wife will literally hold me down and, uh, and let me know with no uncertain terms that uh, I'm not to coach from from the stands. Um, we were lucky enough to have Coach Oliver who played a big role in Tommy's development in his early years with his basketball immersion. And of course, recruiting Tom in his first year. And I absolutely trusted uh, Tom's and respected Tom's decision. And I trusted Coach Oliver. And likewise, Tom got to play with co the current coach, Coach Chang, for the junior national team. And I got to see Coach Chang both as an opponent in Tommy's first year as a coach within the summer, and I absolutely has my full trust. And uh, I, I'm, it's way easier for me to sit back because uh, between those two, uh, they have forgotten a lot more basketball than I'm ever going to know. So that part has helped me ease, you know, off of the hands-on coaching 
Uh, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, I still love to offer insights or observations. And uh, at this point, it's, uh, it's left up to the coaches. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he's, yeah. Usually, he's usually right behind our scores table. But sometimes you'll look and the seat will be empty. And then you look uh, down to the end of the bleachers. And he's walking <laughs> up and down the bleachers. <laughs> you never know where he's going to be. He's just trying to get different angles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to feel like you're in the game sometimes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and usually that's uh, with the encouragement of my wife who will say, take a walk. <laughs> Service master clean of Chatham, Windsor, and Sarnia proudly supports the blue and gold. Service master. Ordinary task, extraordinary service for over 25 years. Yeah, so Thomas, I know you recently switched your number last year to uh, number 54. So considering that was your dad's old number, was that part of the reason why you decided to make that switch? That, that, was, that was the whole reason why. Okay, awesome. Um, I, wore, I wore 14 in high school um, for my sister and my uncle, who both wore 14. Um, and then I decided when I got to university that the number 14 were way too big of shoes to fill because she has a way too big of a legacy at St. Clair. I thought maybe I could fit into the number 54 shoes. Um, I still got a lot of work to do I there. I never should have retired a long time ago. <laughs> I still got a lot of work to do, but um, I mean, part of my decision to come to university was to honor him and play where he played. Um, and then as soon as Coach Chang said we're ordering new jerseys, I said, I need you to order 54. Never told him. He had no idea until I took my warm-up off for the first time, and I had 54 on. Yeah. He actually yeah. started his second year with an exhibition game with 14 on, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then the uniforms came in, and unbeknownst to me, right, right there in front of us, he, uh, he, he made the change. It was yeah. pretty impressive because he never leaves his warm-up top on that long. I was wondering what's going on. So, yeah, it was a quite, quite a good surprise to start his second year. Um, yeah, there was, yeah, there's some pollen in the air at the St. Dennis Center. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, was there a couple tears that, uh, that formed? Oh, no, like, oh, no. It's just an allergic was, reaction. Yeah. They were doing the ventilation system that year, so. Hopefully your wife uh, was next to you and got a, got a couple snaps or photos of that that we can get a hold of. <laughs> funny. Um, when I was, like, he knows the routine at St. Dennis, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's warmth and introductions, um, uh, national anthem. So he was kind of like hovering around the lobby. This was an exhibition game. There's no need for him to be in there. Didn't really care about looking at the team. And my sister, my sister knew I had the new number. So she had to tell him, you have to come in. Like, mm -hmm. come, like, like pushing him to get in. And then even when I got announced, he didn't notice right away. Cause like he wasn't <laughs> really paying attention. He just thought they said 14. And then as I was going for like the tip, he's like, oh, oh, he's wearing 54. Like he, then he finally noticed. And like, yeah. <laughs> I may be slow, but he put it together. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a special moment. Um, yeah. And James, speaking of that, looking back at your time on the court and now watching Thomas play, do you feel like you guys have some similar approaches to the game or are you guys different? Um, what are some of kind of like the similarities and differences between the way that you guys both play? Well, there's, there's not a lot of similarity between our games. It's, uh, it's a different game. Tommy's a different player, a way better, a way more accomplished and a way more skilled player than I was. I got away with a lot of athleticism, uh, some aggressiveness, call it hustle, whatever it, it kind of took. So, so that part in terms of the finer points of the game, uh, he's far exceeded anything that, that I ever 
did or would have hoped to accomplish. Uh, what I would say, he has adopted a, a very, very much the same approach I have to the game. He wants to get there early. He wants to be the first in the gym. He has a routine when he warms up. He has from his music to his stuff and then the team, then he's the leader on that team. So I've seen a lot of that where I get it. Like his mom will say to me, why is he leaving so early? And I said, you know, I, and I can relate to that. So we, we had a little different relation, uh, sorry, set up when we were Lancers. We opened that gym in 1981. We were the first team to play in it. So I was fortunate enough to play on campus my first year, which is, the, which is now the student center. That was the gymnasium. And of course, we didn't have to go very far. And it was a great setup beneath the gymnasium with the locker rooms, et cetera. And then when we opened the current uh, Dennis Farrell Fieldhouse, that there were no curtains and the score clock was on the far wall and it was it was literally a field house with a wooden floor but um one of the ways that the oua was set up then was the girls if if the girls were at home we were on the road playing the exact team so playing western and then if we were home they were playing on the road against western so we never had what tommy has to deal with in terms of the girls playing before them so we would get there several hours before and have the gym to ourselves and you know do a full uh, workout or stretch routine and have all of that. It's a little more compact for him right now, but he still gets it in. They work on the Mondo. They do all sorts of stuff there. So, so that's where I see the relationship in terms of prep and the seriousness about the game. So we never, he doesn't take in the game more serious. We took it just as serious. It was just a little different once we got, once we got on the floor. Uh, the similarities seem to kind of end from there. So Thomas, uh, your dad's kind of talking about some things that you picked up from him. Is there any specific habits or like post-game, pre-game rituals that you specifically have kind of taken on? Um, the only like ritual part, I guess you would say, is like what he just mentioned is getting there early. Like he always told me the story. He would go with his, his shooting guard, you know, rebound, get his threes, and then his, uh, just to clarify. I didn't even have three-pointers when I played. So get his long-range shots. Rebound, get his shots up, and then his best friend, his shooting guard, would rebound for him and, like, give him a little arm in the post. Um, aspects of the game that I've taken, I mean, my entire post foundation is, is everything he knew that he taught me. And then I've been lucky enough to have some high-level coaches, like, teach me a little bit more. But, I mean, my go-to moves are all his go-to moves. Um, the aggression is all his aggression. And then the big one is, as we mentioned, wearing number 54 to honor him. The other part of that is if I was wearing 54, then I have to wear it properly and be a team captain because he was a longtime team captain. So the leadership side of things, I try to embody what he's done uh, on that part of the court. Yeah. That's really special. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. And so, Thomas, you're coming up into your fourth year now um, with the Lancers, and you've had a tremendous, uh, successful career. Oh, is it the third year? Oh, uh-oh. Third year. Fourth year next year. Fourth year next year, but third year of eligibility, if I'm correct, right? right? Yes. Right. yes. Um, so that success has led you to be drafted by the Hamilton Honey Badgers of the CBL in, the, in your rookie year. Can you talk a little bit about what your basketball and career plans are moving forward, especially during these uncertain times? Do you have a, an idea of any kind of aspirations you're chasing once you complete your time at U Windsor? 
Yeah, um, I've always had my eyes on playing overseas. Um, that's, again, I think if we talk about basketball, all of my goals are impacted by him. He had the opportunity to play in Sweden for many years. Um, and so that's always had my eyes on the European market, playing overseas. And now as I move forward in my career, if I get the opportunity to play on this side of the ocean, so play in North America, that would be huge. Um, but I've always had the goals of playing the FIBA game overseas, Europe, wherever it is, uh, whoever wants me and will hopefully use me in the position I want to play. Um, that would be huge. Yeah, so those are definitely my goals, play over there and then hopefully have a long career. Any uh, specific teams you have your eyes on that you would kind of, or places that you'd like to live? No teams, but I want to play in Spain. Um, there's a combination of really high level skill and um, some well-funded clubs that can make it a, uh, a real career rather than a few years after university where just continue to pick up some spare change. It'll be a, a real career if I get the opportunity to play in Spain. Yeah. Oh, that would awesome. be really cool. Yeah. All right. So, James, um, just another question for you. Why did you decide to stay home and attend U Windsor? I stayed home because I had absolutely no choice. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a, a dual sport player. And in high school, I was pretty committed to football. And I was going to play that pretty much ongoing. I was recruited by... Gino Fracas uh, for the University of Windsor. There were some U.S. schools that were interested in me coming over there. I still remember the day that Gino Fracas walked into F.J. Brennan High School, and he's got a frying pan at the end of his wrist that he calls a hand and swallowed up my hand, and he said, you know, Jim Kennedy, we'd really like to see you in a Lancer uniform. And I was pretty much committed to that. Uh, in my senior year, another thing was the uh, – anti-recruiting that Doc Thomas, who was my coach for four years uh, while I played for five years at the university, um, he never recruited. And I was actually in his office getting some physiotherapy um, treatment. And he nonchalantly says, well, you play football, you can't play basketball for me. And I really wanted to play like both sports if the U.S. option didn't work out. So he made my decision for me and I was, I was going to play football. And what happened now to influence the decision. So um, the U.S. market was open for, for football. But in my senior year of high school, I was fortunate enough to make the Ontario Provincial Basketball Team. And when that rolled in, that kind of helped. So having made that team, it also made my choice that I wanted to play basketball. And because Doc had made that line and I did not want to tempt fate by him cutting me if I played football, I chose not to play, and it was a, it was a wise and a good decision for me. And I went on to uh, first year play for Nick Grabowski at the University of Windsor, and then for four years for Doc Thomas. But what really probably influenced me more, there's a little known, just a little thing, and it always stuck in my head. I used to go to university games with my dad. Uh, he's not an avid sports fan. He's just a sports enthusiast. But in one of those trips, doesn't he let out, he used to announce the University of Windsor games at the old St. Dennis Hall right there on campus. And so that kind of stuck in my head. So I had a little imprint. I had this subconscious still working in my head. And, and truly, um, I was a bit of a homebody. 
Uh, even the recruiting that was, was nice from the States, it was all local. It was Mid-American Conference teams that were interested in me for football only. And uh, when the basketball took over, and then I was lucky enough in my first year to play for the Lancers and then make the provincial team again because my birthday was late in the year. So it was it gave me a, the option of doubling down. So that's really what it was. I was more of a home guy. And quite frankly, the network of recruiting, Tommy went through the whole thing in the U.S. It, it wasn't there. It was there, but it wasn't as expansive. So that really what's led to it. Part, my heartstrings were here, I'm a bit of a homebody. And at the end of the day, this was my very best option was to play for the land. That's great. And I have to point out, you got a little bit in common with uh, LeBron James there choosing uh, basketball over football. But yeah, um, exactly <laughs> right. And, and by the way, the comparisons will stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> but uh, I do have to say, I uh, also attended games my entire childhood with my dad. My dad went to University of Windsor as well. And he was a part of one of the first uh, Windsor Lancers volleyball teams. He was a setter. And so I grew up watching all of Coach Oliver's games. I was there for all five of the uh, OUA, uh, or sorry, not OUA, CIS championships for the women's basketball team. And so for you, Thomas, uh, did you kind of grow up the same way, like watching games with your dad, going to U Windsor games, and maybe did that have any type of impact on your decision to go to U Windsor as well? Uh, when, when he says he had a, a minor imprint from the university <laughs> on his childhood, um, I had a major imprint from the university on my childhood. Um, so much so that Coach Oliver never had to recruit me. Like, he, it was not only known to me and my family, not only known to him, but it was known to the entire, like, like youth well, sports that if I was going to stay in Canada, I was going to Windsor. Like it was always yeah, known. Don't, I always don't touch you. Don't don't try and uh, recruit you because Coach like, Oliver was coming on. I even had this conversation with um, Chang, who previous to coaching at University of Windsor, he coached for uh, the University of Nipissing, and um, I was doing well enough in high school that most um, OUA teams had like reached out, but then were immediately known like I'm going to Windsor, and Chang like never reached out. And so, like, I asked him one day, like, when he was here, I got a few workouts, I asked him, like, so why did you never, like, recruit me? Like, obviously, I thought I'd be good enough to play for you. Why did you never recruit me? He's like, Thomas, I wasn't going to waste my time. Like, <laughs> and everyone knew you were going to Windsor if you were staying in Canada. And I was, yeah, and then just being comfortable here definitely had a huge impact on me wanting to stay home. So that brings us to the end of uh, the questions that we prepared for you guys. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch on or – no, it just uh, we're we're both missing basketball very very much. Thomas right. has put a good spin on it in terms of his preparation, their their training season, not the off season. So that part is has really helped. But uh, you know everything all all considered, we we would love to see the athletes in a safe environment and playing again and doing yeah. it the right way. But uh, you know they're they're making the best of it, and uh, we're we're kind of sitting on the sidelines trying to, you know, some of the games have started with NCAA most recently. And so there's some of that. We get to get our little Jones and watch some of that. But, uh, you know, we're making the best of, of, of a very tough situation. And uh, I, I really feel for the seniors. Uh, Tommy's going to lose uh, an athlete or two because of that. Right. Um, you look at the volleyball program, the football program. There's, there's kids that we know and Tommy's going to school. And, you know, my heart goes out to them in terms of these this tough environment that they're in and have to be accepting 
of of that, and hopefully it you know it it gets taken care of with the uh, whole process and everything. So we that part comes comes to mind. You know we are missing it, but if if I ever put myself in front and say I'm missing it, I think of every athlete that's out there on the university campus, and you know it's uh, it's too bad. So that that part a little heart rendering sports wise. Yeah. Thomas, uh, your dad mentioned that you've been kind of taking a positive spin on it. Do you have any advice for any athletes out there that are trying to stay positive until the season comes back? Uh, I think the only, only advice I would give is what we mentioned in the beginning when we told you what we're doing and you guys said we're keeping busy. Um, really, that's the only way to, yeah. to get through it is just keep busy and take it as a chance to look at your game, look at yourself, and rebuild. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely an opportunity to reset mentally and physically yeah. and uh, improve each and every day until we see better days ahead. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for sitting down with us today and joining us. Uh, Thomas, we wish you all the best with your career going forward along with your degree. And uh, JK, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us as well. We always love speaking with alumni. We're hoping to have some more on soon. And of course, we have to thank you once again for continuing to support our show here behind the shield. Yeah. So appreciate you guys listening yeah, in. Thank you. Keep it yeah, up, guys. Okay. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks. All the best. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us today and going behind the shield. Stay up to date with all things Windsor Lancers on our website, golancers.ca, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and on our social media platforms at Windsor Lancers. See you next week on Behind the Shield. This program is once again sponsored by the University of Windsor Alumni Association. Be sure to visit them on the web at uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni to check out all the services and events offered to University of Windsor alumni.